0: When do I ever like a scene where a dude is roofying a woman? But it works! <laughs> Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of Hack or Slash. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack.
1: A total joke, a waste of time.
0: Or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. And this week I'm joined by the Superfly space guy, Mac.
1: Hey everyone.
0: The Gore Lover, Alexis. yeah, And the Cowardly Grouper, Ryan. Hola, muchachos. Now, we have a lot of good stuff happening for you this week, but before we get into the movie that is on the billet, we have a little bit of follow-up uh, regarding some polls we put out for our listeners. Alexis.
2: Yeah, so this week we put out to everyone on what they thought about teeth, and so far 60% thinks it's a slash.
0: This is surprising. I don't feel good about that at all. <laughs>
2: well, you might feel good about the next one, Vigar. Because- Our final poll that came back last week was whether Brahms was daddy, and we had 71% say no. So, this is (laughs) better. All
0: right. So, Alexis, I think you were split vote on those polls, right? Because you thought Teeth was a slash, and you thought. That uh, Brahms was hot. Sadly, yeah. (laughs) Well, no, it's okay. It's okay. You have a lot of people who agree with you,
2: clearly. Clearly I do. 29% on one.
0: (laughs) Keep in mind, folks, we typically do have some kind of poll up for most of our episodes. So as you're listening to the episodes today, feel free to connect with us on our social media platforms. We do have those links in the show notes. This week we're covering yet another Stephen King adaptation, but this time one that actually ended up winning an Academy Award. This week we're talking about Misery from the year 1990, the tale of an arrogant writer who crosses paths with his number one fan, and it doesn't really turn out the way you might hope it would. But who had seen this movie before? Me. Hmm. You haven't? Why are you surprised by that? (laughs) I don't know. I just think like,
2: I saw such a long time ago, and it's such like- it has an iconic scene. I thought everyone thought saw it.
3: Sorry. <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't, I don't even know what the iconic scene is. I never heard of this movie. Nothing.
0: So having seen it now, she still doesn't know what the iconic scene is. <laughs>
3: Which is kind of sad. Sorry. I like some scenes.
1: Cannot wait to talk about it.
0: <laughs> but, you know, iconic is
3: uh, deemed by other people, not <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> true, true.
0: Oh, goodness gracious. So, of course, this movie stars Kathy Bates and James Caan. Kathy Bates playing, of course, the number one fan, a, a woman who is really come into her own and built an incredible career uh both in and out of horror uh ryan you didn't know anything about this movie what did you expect it to be about
3: well i unintentionally read the description and uh (laughs) in itunes which i'm always sad about you know trailers descriptions i don't want any parts of it so the description was like uh this is a movie about a woman that takes care of somebody And uh, (laughs) let me tell you, it's a movie about a woman that takes care of someone.
0: Wow.
3: Really, how else could you describe it?
0: Also taking care of business. (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. So, Mac, uh, Alexis, you both have seen this movie. Did you watch it several times? Did you just watch it back when it came out?
1: I don't think I watched it when it came out because I would have been way too young when it first came out. But I think I've watched this- at least once in every decade uh, that I was old enough to watch it. So I've seen it a few times, I guess you could say. So much that um, I'm like waiting for things to happen as I'm watching it. But yeah, th- this is one of those classic movies with an iconic scene that Ryan doesn't even know about yet that you just have to see a couple times in different parts of your life.
2: Yeah, I definitely remember not watching it because I would have been like a few months old.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> 11 to be exact. <laughs> I was negative four. But <laughs> this was definitely one
2: of the few movies that I remember. And I think I've said it a few times before, maybe like when watch pet cemetery that i've watched with my grandma like at her house this is like a typical like watch it with my abuela kind of (laughs) movie classic alexis's grandma i love that every time we
0: got alexis's grandma and alexis's mom are two totally different people but they have very distinct personalities on this show yeah my grandma's very
2: like classic horror my mom's very I, i don't even know my mom's style she's just out there teeth it's your mom's style. Yeah. My mom yeah. probably voted on that on multiple accounts and created. <laughs> 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 Lots of egg uh, egg avatars in there. Yeah, but it's so funny because watching it for today, I realized I hadn't seen it in a long time. At least enough to like comprehend a lot of the character development and just a lot of stuff that's going on in the movie, which I really appreciated watching it now and not seeing it in a few years. I can't recall the last time I watched it, but I do know what happens and I always remember what happens.
0: It is amazing to me that this came out in November of 1990 and I watched it a few times when I was younger. I watched it. I want to say when I was like 22 or so and it gets better every single time in the sense that I'm picking up things and like sensing things that I just hadn't even considered before and yet somehow I still find myself on the edge of my seat every time and I think maybe I haven't seen it quite as often enough as, as Mac has where you're waiting for certain things to happen. For me, it's just that one iconic scene where I'm like, man, when's that thing going to happen? I feel like we should, we've already passed this point, but I will say it was tense. It it was tense and it was more tense than I I expected to be. And especially when you look at it being just an adaptation of Stephen King, it gave me a totally different feeling from, uh, from it a totally different feeling from uh, Pet Cemetery. It's just, it's nuts. I don't don't know how to explain it. But uh, how do you guys feel while watching it? Ryan, starting with you, I mean, you hadn't seen it before.
3: Yeah, I was super intrigued. Um, I think like some of the dynamics in this movie are really interesting, especially with the woman holding the man hostage. I think you get a different feeling as a woman watching a movie like that. And then, um, it, you know, just a lot of anticipation trying to figure out where things were going to go. There's a lot of different like personalities happening. <laughs> and you never quite know which direction it's going to go at that time. Um, so I was super intrigued the whole time watching this movie. Yeah, it definitely was too. It was a slow burn a little bit in the
2: beginning, but that's what it's what is expected from something that's Stephen King, even though a lot of people have redone it, but I have to admit like this is this one, Carrie and then um, it are definitely like my favorite remakes. All the rest of them are kind of trash, but <laughs> 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 this is definitely really thrilling just to see following the characters and all this sort of stuff and just seeing like Ryan said, where everything goes.
1: It's a fun watch. It's kind of like if you've, if you've seen a play like, uh, I don't know, like Macbeth, like several times with different people, you know, Playing different characters, and then you see another one that comes out, and you're just like, you know what's going to happen, um, but you're still on the edge of your seat watching them portray this. So it's like, yeah, I've, I've seen this, you know, several times, and I'm like waiting for certain scenes, but I'm still like sweating almost as much as uh James Cann was in in one of the scenes. Um, not nearly that much. Nice. That was that was a lot of sweat, but it was it was a lot of fun to watch. And I did have a few times where I needed to like get up and change the laundry, and I was like, I, I'll just I'll just wait. I'm not gonna hit pause. I'm just gonna wait. That's on the what laundry. I did too
2: today. I was like, no, because the dialogue dialogue is so good in this that you don't want to miss it
1: right yeah i mean we do have a pause button (laughs) but i was like no the pause button can can be paused because i'm just watching this and i'm in the zone right now
3: can we talk about pause buttons for a second that it can be paused (laughs) (laughs) yes um so unfortunately they removed this movie from uh showtime slash amazon prime situation today uh as i was going to watch it so
0: I'm so sorry. I
3: know. I know. So I watched this on YouTube in uh, 22 parts, which means like (laughs) every five minutes it paused and like either went to the next video clip, which took a second, or like hit me with a sephora commercial how long did it take you to watch <laughs> it didn't take like that much longer it wasn't that bad but i will say i'm sure that my experience would have been better not to say that it was terrible i mean it was it was better than buying it but yeah there were some pauses for me so i, I there were definitely a few times where i got distracted but i wish i was like locked into it it's not and my
0: fault. pause for emphasis
3: <laughs> yeah that's it, <laughs> when it paused in like some of the final scenes i was like What are we doing? I can't stop right now. I need this to keep going.
1: This is like the experience of watching a movie on TV.
3: It was literally like watching a movie when I was, (laughs) you know, 15, 10.
0: Man, YouTube. Thanks for taking it back. Right. But also shout out to that free movie. I feel so guilty because, you know, we're talking about where to find this movie streaming. I found it on the very last day was possible to stream on Showtime without buying the movie. And uh, I hit up that free Showtime trial with my Amazon Prime account, and mere hours later, Ryan asks for it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's there." Wait, no, it's not. It's literally, literally not. February 29th. <laughs> it's gone. I was like, "Dude, I'm 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 good at technology. It's not here." <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I am so sorry. But I don't know how, if if this is gonna surprise you guys or not. Are you Alexis, Ryan, Mac? I'm sure you already know. Are you familiar with who directed this film? Nope. He did
2: a lot of movies back during this time, I know.
0: he for sure did.
2: (laughs) I did a little research, but... The Princess Bride? Yes, 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 yes.
0: It surprised me in retrospect looking back. You know, I'm thinking like When Harry Met Sally, all that good stuff. I'm thinking about these movies that were so hilarious. And then looking at this one, it's just the polar opposite. And again, I think that's kind of what we're seeing now with, you know, like famous players like Jordan Peele, right? looking getting into horror if you can master comedic timing then you can master suspense an atmosphere. I, I would say that it, it surprised me the most looking back on it, but now it makes total sense. What did you guys find surprising about this movie? Um,
2: I thought there were some parts that were actually funny when it goes to the dialogue between the sheriff and the sheriff's wife. Oh my
0: gosh. Just some, I mean, there's
2: just a lot of one-liners in here between Kathy Bates and that couple that I just think is witty, entertaining, but also creepy when it's coming from Kathy Bates. I am your number one fan.
3: <laughs> I totally agree. I laughed like you know a chuckle out loud a couple of times, and I'm I'm not usually the type of person that reacts to movies very much in in that way. Um, I I loved that old couple. Like they were like one of the best parts. Every time they showed them on screen, I was like, oh yeah, give me more of that. Like the uh, riding. With a hand on the leg and then...
0: When you're in this car, you're not my wife. You're my deputy. Yes.
3: And then she was like, well, this deputy just wants to be in bed with the sheriff. I was like, girl, I like that.
0: Get it, Virginia.
3: (laughs) They're
1: the part that actually surprised me as well, but not because of how how cool they were uh, and fun to watch, but... Kind of because I just never really paid attention in past viewings to some of the uh, some of the other characters. Like those two, I totally totally forgot about uh, the pig. I totally forgot about, and I don't even know how you can forget about the pig.
0: You know what I love about the pig? The fact that the pig is is um, billed and credited as herself from Misery <laughs> the pig, as if this
3: pig's name is actually That's Misery. Fantastic. I forgot about the pig in the middle of the movie, like <laughs> after the first scene, and then it came back. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. There's a pig here. It's just so like obscure Mm.
0: the pig is surprising and i too was surprised by it and i love that you brought up how uh funny the sheriff and the deputy are because there are moments even that uh that james Mm -hmm. can you know he's he's in this movie he's charged he's in bed most of the time and that's a fairly big burden to take on if you know, think about this you're a dude in the 90s gonna star in a film and you know you're probably gonna be overshadowed by Kathy Bates um, but even he has some zingers of some solid comedic moments in there I think what really was an exceptionally well is with all that comedy it actually blended itself well to the amount of fear that's in this now this is a thriller right It's it's very kind of like on the outskirts of horror. It's more like a thriller suspense kind of deal. But I will say that the the amount that it kind of gets into my in under my skin and into my nerves, it's it's super unsettling. Did you guys find this frightening or intense you know, at all? I found this was kind of like
3: I don't know how to describe it. It was like unique. Like in some ways, I felt like it was a little bit like slow at the beginning, and then there was this horror building, but it wasn't like I was as stressed out as I feel like I normally am during movies like this. And I don't know if it's because the character being restrained is a man and not a woman. And maybe I didn't relate in that way. So it was like, I was afraid, but not like, like my heart rate didn't change. You know, like I wasn't physically stressing out over this movie. Um, I I wouldn't say it's scary other than the idea Of just being like stuck in somebody's house. Which is horrifying. I thought
2: it was definitely tense. There were some scenes especially there in every movie. The person tries to escape and it keeps cutting between the other person coming back. You root for him but then you don't. Like there's just like this kind of like you see it and you're like crap. He can't even fit through the door. Like this. Like crap. then, uh, Then you're like oh crap he has to go back. Or he's causing himself more pain to get out of an uncomfortable situation. Than to actually just go stay where he's at so it's kind of like that back and forth so i think the, there are definitely some tense scenes for me for sure
1: oh, the tension was thick in this one for for sure i don't know about scary i think the the concept is scary because i don't know within the last two months i was in a hospital bed for like a solid week unplanned and you can't really do anything you're just watching crappy tv and he, he didn't
3: even have a tv he didn't, well
1: he didn't have a tv and he could hear a tv he can hear a TV. Yeah.
3: That's I, arguably worse.
1: I had my phone, but I couldn't really like charge it easily. You know, it charges all the way across the wall, and I have to get the nurse to help me out of bed. And so I related to this very strongly. It was not, it's not a fun reminder of the time. at the, the time, in the hospital was great that, you know, the, the food was good once I was able to eat food and all that kind of stuff. But like the reminder of like what it's like to just be like laid out and you can't really get up and you have to ask for help, just like not a place I want to be in life ever again.
2: And then the help you get is really shitty. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I will say to uh about my nurses, they were fantastic. They were very helpful and they would just run in the second I needed anything. But if I had a nurse like this, oof, oof, it would have been so much worse. I don't want to do that.
0: Beyond the surface level of this movie, I think there's some really interesting commentary on control of artists. Right. And and what you do and what you put out in the world, is it yours or does it belong to the fans? And I think it was reminded more of this. Right. This movie comes out in 1990. Late 90s is when we get the resurgence of Star Wars. And look at how much people put out there now. Right. People who want to go back and unwrite what George Lucas has written. Uh, people who just slam on any movies and insisting that they could have done it better. What do you what do you guys think about that?
1: Sometimes they're right. You know, like the last uh, season of of Game of Thrones. Sometimes, the, sometimes the fans can be correct, and the people making the product are just wrong and should feel bad. <laughs> but that being said, it's you know, when you're an artist and you're creating and you're writing or directing or you're putting you know pen on paper or or ink on on canvas or whatever it is, you know, like that's yours. And if other people disagree, cool. That's their reaction to it. That's Kind of how they feel about it, but to say that you should be able to control the person creating, nah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Even if they're wrong, just they have to be wrong. Yeah. And sometimes they'll learn, and sometimes they won't. And sometimes studios will continue to employ them to make new properties for uh, for Star Wars uh, stuff, and that just upsets me. All I'm saying, the Game <laughs> of Thrones guys, just now they should be
3: cut. That's a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when there were all those like circles in the snow? and It was like an overhead shot at the end of an episode, and mm. then. They literally never explained it, and we all just still don't know what that is. It was great. It was a great I experience. I would
0: uh, be very vulnerable and admit I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I have no idea what you're talking about. I already knew that was coming.
1: Well, so Game of, Game of Thrones was a great ride over like 10 years, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't feel bad about having watched it, but when you make it to the end of a long series or a long novel, whatever it is, and then you're completely disappointed.
0: Oh, I felt the same way about both glee and pretty little liars. Oh yeah, pretty little liars for sure, for sure.
1: So I can I can understand how the antagonist feels in, you know, in this in this movie and in the novel. I can I can understand how they feel, but that being said, I'm not going to like tie anyone down to a chair and be like like undo this, like remake everything.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly though, I think it'd be really interesting. I don't think that you can remake this movie the same way that it was made, you know, for Stephen King's work, but I th- I, th- I definitely think there could be an interesting approach to this in modern day, um, specifically within the confines of, like, a one-on-one aggression, obsession. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like for me, I-, I felt that level of frustration when the Halloweens were remade the first time around. But Star Wars is one of those things where I'm like oh man, that is an interesting choice that was made. Like, okay, there's a certain kiss that happens in the latest movie between two characters. I'm like, no, I don't like it. But also like, (laughs) it's not my movie. I just enjoy the product and that's it. And I'm okay (laughs) with that and at peace with that. And I think this movie goes to really interesting extremes in looking at the other side of that. This movie is interesting. This movie is quite the discovery. But how did you guys feel about the ending? Do you feel like it was complete? I'm a big fan.
3: I liked the action of the ending and I liked the very last bits that they gave us that a lot of times are super controversial of whether it's sequel baiting or something like that. I really, I really thought it was done well. Um, I think like w- with the way the movie went, it it, it was on par perfectly with the rest of the tone of the movie.
0: This is really interesting. Really? Yeah, I just didn't know and maybe it's because like you had Russian subtitles. Like I just wasn't expecting that kind of reaction from you. Oh,
3: yeah. I totally forgot to tell you guys I had Russian <laughs> subtitles on
0: YouTube.
3: <laughs> Russian subtitles and every five minutes. <laughs> An ad.
0: <laughs> hey, you will pay top dollar for that kind of education.
3: Hey, man, I kept looking at it to see like, you know, when you kind of don't hear something and subtitles are on so you like look at it and yep. it was not... <laughs> Although I'm not gonna lie, I kind of picked up on some things.
1: (laughs) This is how a lot of uh, a lot of people learn English. You know, it's from watching English movies with subtitles on them.
3: Yeah, I get it. So yeah, here I am. Day one, Duolingo. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the ending. I,
2: looking back, there's nothing really I change, and I mean, I just love the action. Um, was great. I mean, especially when you know it's a Stephen King, so you're like, am I gonna get any action in this movie or not? Like, <laughs> but um, no, I loved it, and I love the play on the end. Um, there's some stuff towards the end of the movie that like you end up finding out about Kathy's Bates' character. Um, that I really appreciated. Too. Too, that gave some backstory and sometimes i'm a fan of backstories and sometimes i'm like it didn't make sense why did you do it yep yeah so but this one was like perfect it had just like kind of wrapped everything up a little bit um and just gave it a little bit of mystery to her as well
1: such a good ending such a good name. i'm so happy with the entire movie the ending was really good it's kind of cool that in the novel they had a, a slightly different ending um in terms of in terms of one decision uh that uh that a character makes Um, that is not really like super consequential, but I just find it interesting that they changed that one decision in the movie. And like, they both still work really well. So in the spoiler section, we can, we can talk about it, of course, specifically, it's really just like a minor thing. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. I mean, but like this whole thing was like so well executed. And so it had a really satisfying ending. You can like, you know, just the second the credits hit, you're just like, yeah, good job. Thank you. Thank you for doing it that way and not some other ridiculous way.
0: Mac, did you read the book?
1: I, I did not read the book.
2: <laughs> so how did you know?
1: I just know things. I'm not a big reader. I love reading. I just never have time for it. I have a collection of like 200 books I've just never read. Oh,
0: no. I feel you. Like Pet Cemetery, I listened to the audiobook. That counts as reading it. I did that for The Shining. It's true. Yeah,
1: I think uh, I think they're processed by the same part of the brain. So,
0: well, there
3: we go. Hey, oral traditions have been around for a long time. Yeah. Oral storytelling. So here yeah. we go. Yeah,
0: they have. There you go. Oh, Alexis, you dirty bird.
1: <laughs> hey, if you're if you're like one of those like neuro people, and like and I'm wrong, like please correct me. You know, come at me, bro, on Twitter or or whatever. But um, <laughs> I don't know. That's just how I feel. But I think if you're listening to it, it's as if you read it. It took the same amount of time right or longer
2: i feel like when you see stuff you retain it better but
1: that that's depends. also they
2: say that if you write too but
0: we're all different special yeah. little snowflakes exactly. as always
3: i'm not trying to retreat retain stephen king novels i just want to hear them and let them go
0: well i mean that's pretty fair considering the emotional depth and weight that a lot of his stuff can have because man some of it just really bums you out there's a lot left to unpack about this movie but before we get into our ratings Alexis, how many people died in this movie? A whopping two. We have two deaths in this movie. Crazy. Bogo deal for misery. (laughs) And Ryan, how many of the souls that perished in this film were of the animal variety? Uh, Fortunately, our animal report is clean this week. Uh, We even have some
3: unique appearances, but no, uh, no harm.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, then let's go ahead and get into the rating Misery from 1990 starring Kathy Bates. Was it a hack or was it a slash? It was a slash for me.
2: This is a really simple movie, mostly taking place in a house between two people, where did it didn't need plot twist or some crazy twist ending or anything like that to make it a truly good movie. And it really points out what good character development can do and what great acting can do as well so yep it gets a slash for me
3: man i'm gonna have to uh ride that boat with alexis if you'll let me on it's it's totally a slash um this is like one of those movies it's definitely old right like so it's a a bit dated for us 30 years old wow and i understand that you
0: guys are 30 years old
3: but for a movie (laughs) i'm just saying if it was a a movie from '88, we'd be like, oh, it's kind of an old, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I stand by that. If it's that. A Chris
0: it's Rojas, you think, oh, prime of the life, right there.
3: <laughs> hey, I mean, kind of, yeah. Movies don't age as well as people, but this doesn't require a lot of like ignoring silly things going on, as some, you know, thirty plus year old movies do. I think that the small cast is really successful, just like Alexis was saying. The story take some turns but it's nothing crazy it's nothing like oh this is outlandish and now I'm like not I'm out of this movie like you you're kind of locked in the whole time just like just like our boys locked into that bed (laughs) I think it's a really good movie and I I didn't know what to expect going in when i read the description i was like are you joking me i have to watch a movie about somebody taking care of another person how can this be possible and it turned out really good i'm really surprised and i'm really thankful so that's a slash
1: i'm going to add on to that i'm also thankful that you're thankful first of all get on the boat come on, get on i'm on the boat so the, yeah this is an iconic slash this is a gold clad iconic slash it's just a great movie based on a good story from a good novel with solid actors and I think what's interesting to me is like I think this was like Kathy Bates' like first big break if I remember correctly so it's kind of cool that she did such like a stellar job in this movie and, and then won an award immediately for it didn't have to wait there was no like delay they just recognized like dang you got skill so this yeah this 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 movie is a fantastic watch that if you haven't watched it, you should be watching it right now. And if you have watched it, like, you know, put it on the calendar, watch it every year, watch it every 10 years. Like probably like I do. I think I've watched it in my teens, my twenties and my thirties. So I think I'm pretty good. And then in a couple of years I'll turn 40 and then I'll watch it in my forties and I'll be square.
3: How offensive is it that they took this movie off of like all, sh- like there's, it's not available in a streaming service right now.
1: Does that mean they're going to remake it or make a sequel though?
0: Uh, I, I don't think not. so. I think it just means, Hey, Pay money to see a good movie. Yeah. You have
3: to buy it. I can't even rent it on iTunes. Yeah, I have it.
0: If anyone wants (laughs) to see it, you
3: have it now.
1: (laughs) You know what? If it's 10 bucks, I think it's 10 bucks well spent if you've never seen the movie. Like, get two or three other people with you in the room, have your own movie theater experience, pop that popcorn, sweat a little, sit on the edge of your seat, you know? You, it's worth it.
0: Chris, are you joining our boat? Well, see, here's where it comes into play. I, I, I first want to at least shout out our boy Paris, who's not with us tonight. Uh, he texts me saying, man, Misery Chastain is a great drag name. And uh, <laughs> I feel like that's 100% accurate. <laughs> and I'm saying that to buy myself a little bit more time because when I think about it, right, when I really just like clear the air, look at like what this show is all about, you know, was this a total joke, a waste of time, or totally killer? And the fact that this is a thriller puts it in an interesting category for me because I love horror, but oftentimes it's difficult for me to see eye to eye on thriller. And then, you Ryan, you bring up an interesting point. If I were to recommend this to someone today, I'd have to say spend 10 to 14 or 15 dollars on, on iTunes, Amazon, wherever to buy this movie. So commit to ownership before you've seen it. And I, I think that's a pretty bold move. But like Mac, I think it's well, money well spent. This is absolutely hey. a slash. Tease. Can't, can't stand you. <laughs> I, I had to keep you guessing in some way. Um, This movie is absolutely a slash. Are you kidding me? Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for her performance in this film. Something that I didn't know but learned uh, during the production of this episode, which is very exciting. And when you look back, it, it's a movie that just keeps getting better every time. It She portrays a woman who is over the top, but honestly some of the fanboy culture in today's society is also over the top. So I get it. Um it, it builds suspense and there is actually, you know, I found myself watching this last night and there's a moment in this movie where I hit the space bar and hit pause. And I was like, all right, I need to just take a break. Like <laughs> I need to just breathe. And uh, I had to like go re- refill my water and just get refocused back into it because I, found myself in a moment of tension that I hadn't been since Hell House LLC when I saw that for the first time. So, I think that says a lot about this movie, and it's 100% something I'd recommend. And there you have it, folks. Misery from the good year, 1990, earned a universal slash on our show. Now, there's still a lot left to say. We have to talk about that iconic scene that Ryan somehow still doesn't know what it is no idea. It's confusing to me, but that's okay. Uh, so join us in the second half, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, pull the wool from over her eyes.
1: If you or someone you know has been hobbled, you may be entitled to compensation. Contact Stevens, 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 and Stevens today to regain control of your life and legs. 757 606 That's Stevens, 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 and Stevens.
0: All right, welcome back. Misery from the good year 1990 has earned a universal slash, and this is surprising considering Ryan had to watch it five minutes at a time with Russian subtitles. Now, (laughs) before we get into why Ryan liked this so much and why we hear, of course, about Mac and Alexis's stellar taste in film, Alexis... What's up with the gore score? Well, we're going back to 1990 and a movie
2: that really only has two... Well, not really. It does have two kills. (laughs) So my thing is I want to talk about the gore. I want to kind of talk about like one iconic scene, but before that, like just there's a kill where he gets blown up in the stomach, which I think is pretty cool. But then like... This guy who got into a car accident, like the makeup for that looks so good. The legs were like crazy. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, she can't move those. But I think when I'm thinking about gore for this, I'm not even thinking like blood and guts like saw. I'm thinking of more of the things this guy goes through to like try to escape. So you can see the pain, um, but you necessarily can't see it in a bloody and guts way. Would you guys agree?
1: I would agree. Mm -hmm. as as someone who's had like leg surgeries before (laughs) recent abdominal surgery like it you can tell when it hurts on him and i'm like you just don't even think about it watching because it's portrayed so well and when you do see visuals like of his legs or of a a scene we'll get to you're like oh god it looks it looks it looks good we just gotta say that there's not a lot i think it's it's pretty like acute but what they do show you feel it
3: yeah you definitely feel it oh yeah the end got a little gory with that fight yeah it
0: did for sure
3: Her when her face was like busted up.
0: Yeah, yeah, gory stuff for me. A, the look at the legs, they're disgusting. But B. The surprise shotgun blast to the sheriff at the top of the stairs. Yes, I was so sad. Yeah, it was so sudden. I think that movie shocked me in such a way that if it's not as gory as it actually is, but the suddenness of it, it just—I feel like it makes it feel more gory as you look at it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's definitely the use of something other than like you know. Let's—I
2: I mean, I—I I, I like this sort of time when they did horror and did that because they're not like, oh my gosh, how gross can we make this that people just want to look away and everything like that. That wasn't the case in this. It was just like let's make the people feel probably what
3: this person is feeling yeah it also doesn't feel like nerfed for like you know an older movie
1: like a nerf gun uh yeah n- like n- applying a softening effect
3: yeah nerfed isn't like just totally like they they tried to remove all the gore where like some older movies we've seen it's like a theoretical chopping of a head and then like <laughs> yeah. a basketball rolling down a road you know <laughs> like stuff like that yeah it's not it's not nerfed I don't know why I'm using that word today, but yeah. It's okay. I like it. (laughs) It's like somewhere in between that, like, we're trying to be super gory and like, we don't want to show you the bad stuff. It's somewhere in the middle and it works well.
1: They weren't using it for gore's sake. They were like using it when it was appropriate for the story, which was good. It
3: was like pretty real gore.
1: Like oh yeah, the quality was so high.
2: Yeah. So, on the next subject, let's do it. <laughs> what do you think
3: is the iconic scene? Well, again, I had no idea there was an iconic scene because <laughs> I hadn't. I didn't know anything about this movie. I'd never even heard of it. So, as I've as we started this episode, I've been thinking about it, and it has to be. The hammer to the ankles, the hobbling.
0: No, actually, it is the burning of the book. What? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry (laughs) to break it to you. All right. Whatever. Damn, girl. Played yourself. (laughs) But yeah, that scene was
3: like, I turned away. I was stressed. I was like, oh no. (laughs) I think it's crazy because they deliver it
2: on the first one. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is she really going to do this though? Or maybe she's like,
3: and then you're like, no, that's. Bitch is crazy. <laughs> that was one of the like first like super intense things that she did. Like she was being weird and doing, you know, weird stuff at 1st not like physically hurting him unless like, I'm missing something. And then she straps him down and just plop and that freaking ankle just goes. All the way to the other side. Mm. (gasps) And then you don't see the other one, but you just like see his face. Is it bad that I kind of wanted to see the other one? (laughs) Well, once we saw the first, because at first I wasn't expecting it. And then when you see the first one, I was like, oh my God. And then the second one, I was like, oh man, they took it from us.
2: Or just see them both like in.
1: It was cool is they used like gelatin legs for that with wire. So that when it happened, you would see it like snap like that.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting.
1: What a great shot, though. Oh, man.
2: All I'm saying is
0: for a woman who was that upset about cursing, she knows way too much about fucking
1: people up. (laughs) Oh,
3: well, you know, when she gets crazy, the the words come out. Would you guys say that the hobbling was your favorite scene in the movie?
1: Yes, for sure. I have to
3: say, like... A scene that maybe would get overlooked or something is the very beginning opening sequence. The song playing in the background is Shotgun by Junior Walker and the All-Stars. And like the song is so good. And then I think it's setting this like, I, I literally was like, are we driving to the hotel in The Shining, but also this is about to be a good 70s movie. Like what's happening here? That's not a 70s song, but you know, it was just this cool scene. Like there was a little bit of sequence at the beginning and then just driving through in this awesome Mustang. I love old cars. And he's like, I'm like, also a terrible car to drive through the snow like for sure he was asking for that accident and then it all goes off the rails literally and i love that whole scene all put together and with the music and everything i really liked that That was
2: like one of my favorite scenes but like i think my favorite has to be like the first time like she goes off on him and because at first you're like oh yeah she's really trying to help him Like she's really like found him, and she's just trying to nurse him back to health. And like she's like, yeah, I'll call this person. Like I'll make sure I do this. But then it slowly gets weirder and weirder. But then at the point where she like seriously just starts screaming at him, my favorite thing would have to be like it's just on her. And like Kathy Bates just does an amazing job like bringing out this like rage in this person. Um, but also the music coupled with it is like terrifying to me. Like I hate that. Like I might have said. This on the podcast already, but like anything with like violins or like high screeching mm. noises like mm-hmm. that, like freak me out. Janet Jackson Velvet Rope. I literally, my cousins, we did shows like in front of our family. I'm sure everyone's done them but like <laughs> and my cousin wanted to do that song and I had to cover my ears because I was like getting freaked out. Hey Chris, do you know what that is? It's <laughs> that's some white people
0: shit. That's some Midwest shit, honestly. Yes, that's Midwest shit? Uh-huh.
2: Ah. <laughs> We'd also, as weird as this sounds, whenever my grandparents bought us clothes. Well, my grandma bought it for us. When we come back, we'd all have to do like a fashion show for my grandpa.
3: <laughs> He'd be like, what the fuck did she spend? do <laughs> you want to say it one more time for us? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is the epitome of some Midwest shit.
1: <laughs> what are you, Chris? What'd you think of? What'd you think of the hobbling? Is it your favorite? With the, the way the music cues up and she's setting up the stage.
0: Let's just break this down here. It is iconic, and I do love it. It is. You know, very similar to you guys, it's a moment where I had to look away. It is not, though, my favorite moment in the movie. There are two moments that are tied for me in very subtle ways, and I think it's because it shows an incredible amount of restraint and control from James and Kathy. One, when she is slowly revealing that she's taking care of him, he's just come back, or he's just, you know, gained consciousness, and she admits to having followed him. And it's like he's still in this stupor where it's like not even a thing that actually phases him, but it's the first taste of this bitch is insane. (laughs) That's early on. But then when you look at this movie and you look at how she has to slip from mood to mood to mood from zero to 150 at the drop of a hat, when we look at the moments when she explodes it thinks okay cool yeah she's definitely dominating this performance this is why she won her academy award but We look at James and he has to be a dude playing a dude who's pretending to feel a certain type of way when obviously he's in excruciating amounts of pain, but also pretending to feel other feelings for her. And there's a lot of complexity there, right? So my favorite moment comes when he's about to drug her. Yes, I knew you were going to say dinner. Yes, he gets it into the wine and one clumsy mistake and he's just fixated on it and it takes everything in his will to just regain that composure and carry on with the night when he has worked a long ass time to get to that point that was a sweet and terrible moment all at once and i think it defines this type of movie I'm so good In
1: each of these scenes they they set them up so carefully there's the music there's the candles or, you know, the, the, the wine in that case and, and champagne later on that we get to see. But it's like they're, they're like setting each little thing up to where you like, you know, something big has to happen. And the, the dinner scene is so great because you don't expect him to to bring out the uh the drugs yet.
3: Yeah, I had no idea what he was planning. And that dude was bold as fuck. Yeah. I thought I just wanted to see what they were.
1: Right. Right. And it was it was interesting because I even rewatching it, I'm like, no just no idea that this was like him attempting a drugger at this point when, you know, he's like asking asking her for dinner with him that night. And you get and it has like that great just like build up. Like each little element's like falling in a place to where they're just building something up. And at that point it was disappointment. And in, in hobbling it was you know it was just obviously pain and misery but later on when we get to when we actually get to like the burning of the book you know that same kind of like build up sequence where you're like this is getting towards the end i know something has to happen and we we've got the champagne maybe coming in here and like each little element's happening and then payoff finally can
3: we talk about how this man lights matches with his thumb <laughs> <laughs> what kind that is like some real like 1930s talent right there also
2: how they said instead of Dom
3: Perion
2: they yeah. said Don per gone pergon
1: to his skill you know he, he just went with it he just goes with it because he's you know trying to pacify her but it, it's just a small little thing where you have to like catch the fact that he like has that like little flutter in his eye where he can you know he's like, come on. Yeah. You don't know how to say that, but he's going to go with it to not upset her or rile her up in any way. Just brilliant.
0: Mm -hmm. Two amazing parts. But I feel like she always
2: knew what he was going to do no matter what. Which way? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, she said like she had walked in and was like, hey, I was wondering how they got moved and now it all makes sense. Mm. You've been going but I like for her to just some little I guess when you're psychotic or something you realize some little thing is gone off the table or is turned a different
3: way but I think like half of the time he knew what she was kind of up to and then half of the time like like they each switch control like because he had some control when he was like asking for dinner and then at the end asking for the things and asking for the paper and stuff like that but he never fully gained that control. And then sometimes she would get bamboozled by him, and then other times she knew exactly what he was up to.
0: I love that you point out that it's an exchange of control because I'm realizing now after I just like said, you know, like the dinner scene being my favorite. When do I ever like a scene where a dude is roofieing a woman? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: <laughs>
1: but it works when it's when it's for his when it's for his safety. Honestly, yeah. So this
3: is actually something I was thinking about in the movie while we were watching it. Is because like so he goes and gets a knife right but she hasn't i think when he gets in yeah when he gets the knife is before she strapped him down before the hobbling any of that so while he is in danger and we all know he's in danger she hasn't done anything to him yet right like she hasn't hurt him and so it's it's this weird thing because it's like because he's the man in the In the scenario, he's trying to defend himself, but he's defending himself from like the, the implied danger. So if he had like attacked her with that knife, he's the one in trouble, right? Like it's, it's almost unjustified if he kills her or stabs her or something like that. I mean, she definitely
1: made some like threatening remarks though. At
3: that point he said, she said. Right. And since it's the male female dynamic, like it's just so interesting to see it from that perspective, because if it was, a man that hadn't done anything but had implied danger to a woman, she got a knife, she stabs him, there would be no problem. Like, there's no question about it, you know? So it's just interesting because he's trying to defend himself, trying to keep himself safe. Meanwhile, this woman hasn't actually done anything, and but he knows it's coming because she's obviously off her rocker.
0: <laughs> I would be really curious to know what the legal ramifications are and, like, is there grounds here for, like, let's say he did stab her and somehow get out. Right. But she hadn't actually done anything to harm him. I wonder what that would have looked like. Or was the fact that she did not seek medical attention the entire time. Is that enough? Yeah, she definitely kidnapped
3: him. But it was like it was just like you knew she was going to do something. So he had to try to defend himself. But when he got the knife, I was like, is he going to do anything? Because we're not quite there yet. You know, it's just a very interesting dynamic. So then you don't even feel bad when he's trying to roofie her. You know,
0: I feel like I just asked myself a dumb question because then I realized, wait, no, he was missing the whole time. They're in the newspapers and all the news talking about, please help us find this guy. Yeah. Also,
3: he was getting roofied for days and days and days. So.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true.
3: Giving you take.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like this does beg the question. We gave it a universal slash. It's doing pretty well so far. What would you guys say is the worst part of this movie?
3: You know, I don't know that I have an answer for that. I definitely don't feel like this is, it's not like I'm here saying like, this movie is remarkable in every way and like everything is perfect. But it just seems like, even anything that wasn't maybe perfect in this movie, or could be improved, or something, it's all kind of like on par. So it just put the story together well. I don't know that I have anything that I think should be improved. Yeah, I would totally
2: agree. It's not like I'm saying like it's not like oh my god, this is there's nothing wrong, right? But like nothing that I notice, yeah, that would be glaring to me because in general, it's a really good movie.
1: There's a risk involved with adapting any sort of you know previous work, whether it's movie or novel. They could have gone into much more detail. And I don't think the detail would have helped. So I don't think, for instance, like the fact that that Kathy Bates' character was, I think, abused by her father, if I remember correctly. Um, So I don't think them like bringing that forward would have helped us in any way with the movie because we just know that there's, you know, some kind of disturbed situation going on. But I don't know that would have added too much to the experience.
3: Okay, I do have... Maybe not a thing that needs to be changed, but maybe a question. They gave us these like newspaper articles that were like she was killing babies as a nurse, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Babies and old people.
3: Is there is there any reason for that? Is that just adding to her being crazy?
0: So there was um, there are actually several. Serial killers who have actually, and I think they're called like angels of death, um, where they have created moments where someone's life is in peril just so they can be the one that saved them. And I think it it starts getting along those lines. What about you, Mac?
1: So I think um, she was based off of, or at least like this type of killer was based off of a real person uh, that existed and that did this where they they are like a I don't know if they were a serial killer or a spree murderer or whatever the like correct terminology would be, but they were either killing babies or they were killing old killing old people. Like this kind of stuff was was definitely happening at the time. And so I think whether or not you need like her personal backstory to get to that reason. I don't know if that's important or not, but like this was like a real kind of like situation people were dealing with in the yeah. starting out with the 80s and 90s. I think I don't know how when the first one was, but it was definitely kind of a newer fear to have that the people supposed to be taking care of you could be like killing you or someone you care about.
0: Yes, 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 yes. When I, uh, when I was in the Navy, we had this thing called the cereal bowl I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, have, I, have I told you guys specifically about this? No, me. So the cereal bowl was a bracket by bracket tournament. And what we did was we rounded up all the cereals killers we could think of or find quickly with a Google search. It had silly names like Giggling Granny, the Doodler, things like that. (laughs) We'd break them down head to head in terms of like notoriety, you know, uh, style, things like that. Like if they ever got caught, anything like that. So we ended up withering it down. One of them was a Giggling Granny. And it reminds me of this slightly. What an activity. I know. Cereal Bowl.
2: (laughs) I didn't know if that was like, that's
0: the name of the ultimate killer. Cereal, (laughs) but like. Cereal in the sense of like S E R I A, Yeah, cereal, yeah. but
3: like the podcast, not the food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so funny. I would love to do a side podcast just on the cereal bowl, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should do one where, you know, we're like doing like our own draft picks.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, for Super Bowl. Right. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Put but that. some people actually watch the Super Bowl
1: here. So, but we should do hard yeah, draft picks. Those. Like we get to pick either antagonists or, or protagonists, you know.
0: Oh my god, that'd be amazing! Yes.
1: So I don't know if people can uh, maybe contact us, maybe maybe send us that email or that uh, that Twitter DM or whatever it is that they use to to talk to us and. Perhaps to so let us know they what they would want to hear.
0: So I definitely remember that over time there are cases like this around the entire world. I know Heather from Nature versus Narcissism has covered a few things similar to this, but I know for a fact there there was a serial killer who did something to, to this effect.
1: Yes, yeah, so when I when I was looking things up for Factor Fiction, we'll talk about that uh, later. But uh, Janine Jones. So I don't know if Heather has already covered her on her podcast, but I would love to know if she has, if she's planning to, or if she knows any of the backstory or information. Um, because that's like, a, like, I think there was like something like 50 kids, but I, I think it would be interesting to kind of hear about a real life person like this. I also want to know, like, how did she end up in this house in the middle of nowhere and not like in jail, in prison? She
3: did go. And then she came,
1: she was how, released. How did get out?
3: Also, I feel like the sheriff wouldn't even have to like, the sheriff was like looking it up. I was like, everyone in this town would know what this woman did. He knew enough to know it was her house and the woods when he was flying over in the helicopter. He would know that she did this. Yeah, She ain't that old. She's pretty young in this.
0: I mean, maybe people leave, you know, fly the nest, whatever, at a young age. Maybe that was her parents' house and she went off and did her own thing, got arrested, got out wandered back home after the parents passed maybe that's what it is after she killed them <laughs> mm-hmm. yes well mac you have me enticed and you have me intrigued and i really want to know some more <laughs> about this kind of stuff so if it's okay with you guys let's go ahead and move on into the educational part of our show factor fiction brought to you in part <laughs> by the superfly space guy pray for us
1: you'll do fine uh, actually, this entire fact of fiction is about the uh, Boston Red Sox.
0: Mookie Betts. No, Just lowering. kidding. Just kidding. That was... That was last week.
1: That was last week. Okay. Okay. So let's get into some fact or fiction. In the novel, Annie breaks Paul's legs with a baseball bat, not a hammer. Uh,
3: that's a fact. I'm going to agree. Then go uh, fact. Only a fiction.
1: Ooh, Chris is correct. It's fiction because... She actually cuts off one of his legs with an axe and then coiterizes it. But uh, I think they just thought that was going to be too brutal. And he doesn't really triumph as much as he does in the movie. So, you know, just breaking his ankles.
3: I prefer this, the hobbling. Yeah.
1: I do too, because I think like you don't expect this specific of a of a way of taking him out.
3: Yeah. And it was so specific with that that block that she put. Like, have like, right. you been using this block for a while? Is this your <laughs> hobble block?
1: <laughs> this is how you hobble. All your friends or just me? All right. Next one up. Misery was adapted for Broadway and starred Bruce Willis as Paul.
3: Oh, please be fiction.
2: Fiction. Although I feel like it's really quirky, so it might be fact. <laughs> but I'm just going to say fiction.
1: Fiction. It's a fact. It happened. Jesus. You're welcome. You now have that in your life. You know that that exists somewhere in the world.
3: Bruce Willis, we should have known. This is such a Bruce Willis movie
1: <laughs> to ruin.
3: Did he
2: just like die hard and swing in and save, or he was the guy in the bed?
1: He was the guy in the bed. He was Paul. Oh, yeah.
3: It totally fits Bruce Willis now that you say it. Yeah. Like if it was made like ten years later, Bruce Willis would have played Paul oh. for sure.
1: Well, it's interesting. There's a ton of actors who either turned down the role of Paul or like thought about it and then were like, nah, it's not really for me. Because they all thought well, not all of them, but some of them thought, Oh, I'm just gonna be overshadowed or
2: by a female. Yeah.
1: Or or I'm gonna be it's gonna be lame because I'm gonna be laying in a bed, I'll be such a weak character. I don't think I feel that way about about him at all. I think it was a great role. you've
3: seen the final product. Maybe it felt different when you were reading the script. Yeah, exactly.
1: Very true. Next one up. Kathy Bates found acting in such a violent film to be challenging but enjoyed the experience. I'm
0: going to go for broke here and (laughs) go fact. Fact. I'm going to go fiction because I I know that she, previous to this, had had a role where she was already familiar with having to portray someone with suicidal thoughts. So I want to say fiction based on the note about the challenging word
1: yeah she actually found it upsetting so it was fiction so she found it so upsetting that filming with such violence uh that she actually cried before the final fight scene before filming that
3: i thought you said she found it upsetting
1: but enjoyed the experience
3: oh gee I, that was so like, general like that said so she enjoyed it, it. enjoy the experience of filming the movie i'm sure she yeah. did she got awards <laughs>
0: Sure. i can't stand this part you're welcome <laughs>
3: Also, she's came a long way because
2: now she's on American Horror Story. So clearly, that's
0: oh yes, that is the pinnacle of her career. Sure, (laughs) not Titanic, not this movie, not The
1: Office. It's been thirty years though. So she
0: was in Titanic. I only know The Office. Kathy
1: Bates. That's it. Oh wow. Okay. Sabre. Dolores
3: Claiborne.
2: Sorry. Favorite Kathy Bates. Speaking
1: of Titanic. Okay. Misery. Is about Stephen King's battle with substance abuse.
3: Fact. He does weird stuff like that, so probably fact, yeah. Just because I don't know what else to do here, I'm going to go fiction and just assume I got them all wrong tonight. <laughs>
1: okay, it's a fact. And it didn't come out right away. It came out much later that he admitted to it. Um, but effectively, the substance abuse had the same effect on him of being like isolated and alone and unable to leave. It had a hobbling effect on him in his career.
3: Isn't everything he does about substance abuse? Pretty much.
1: First-hand experience. you write what you know. Mm-hmm. All right, because you love the tricky ones, filming had to be delayed a month due to an actual snowstorm in Colorado.
2: I doubt they filmed in Colorado, so uh fiction. It was
0: the 90s. I'll go fact. I'm going to assume it's fiction because he said the whole tricky thing and it's probably one small detail is incorrect, but I'm going to go ahead and say fact anyway because I'm a dumbass.
1: It was fiction. Uh It was uh, mostly shot in Nevada or Nevada.
0: Oh. Of course.
1: So Alexis learned the game. You guys got to learn from her.
3: You tricky. If you could see my eye roll at this point in
0: time, it's pretty intense.
1: it's It's a strong eye roll. Friend of the show, Melissa D., It would be very proud of your eye roll. She's pretty good.
0: All right, Mac. Thank you so much for that educational opportunity and your half-truths and lies. You are the reason we all have trust issues. (laughs) There you have it, folks. Misery from the year 1990 earned a universal slash. But I am sure there are plenty out there who don't like it. So we want to hear your thoughts. We want to know your perspective. We want to know what you thought about the hobbling and about Misery the Pig. So keep in mind there are a number of ways you can reach out to us. First, at our website, www.hackerslash.com and our social accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also hit us up at the Hacker
3: Slash Hotline. You can text us, call us, leave us a voicemail or an audio message. Our number is
0: 757-606-0128.
1: Or if you've been hobbled and you're currently behind a desk in a wheelchair, you can send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com.
0: Hope your end key works. We'll see you next time. Bye.